0: Pay down $100,000 of debt in six months and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome Yay. back to this episode of Date Money. You guess who I am? I am Lisa Drennan, your host, the Wealth Activator. And today we have a very interesting guest. You guys know that if you've been following me, that I've been kind of ragging eye on account and some bookkeepers. Well, we had to have a bookkeeper. We had to have a bookkeeper on. Um, Show. So, today we're bringing to you Reagan. She is conjuring empowerment for passionate, open hearted entrepreneurs in the U- USA, the good old USA. She helps you track and organize, listen, track and organize your numbers to quickly build wealth while aligning with your principles and ethics. Wealth allows you to take back your financial agency and start living out your big dreams. Memorize that. Okay. She uses a very interesting method. She calls it the numbers witch and bookkeeper. So I like this play on the numbers, and um, I like that you're using numbers. So, Reagan, welcome. Thank you so much for sharing this space with us and for sharing your money story. You know, just getting deep down into you know that that money story from when you were first a little girl. I love to tell everyone, money doesn't want to be a number money wants to be crushed on and loved on and money person, you know, what does your relationship look like?
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to share, especially since you've been talking a big game about bookkeepers and accountants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my money story, I guess I could say that I started like thinking about money or being aware of it just when my parents were talking about it. And it's funny when I go back and start to uncover some of this stuff that, especially the women on my mom's side, so the women that go back those generations, we all have a very interesting story about money. So, mm. for women in the United States, and I'm sure in other parts of the country or the world, excuse me, women had to like be married in order to have access to wealth. We weren't allowed to work in many jobs. And if we were, it was low paying work. And so, I think that the women in my family, and this is like not anybody's fault, but we've just handed down this story of like marrying men. And then something happens to our money that we've created with our work and our careers. And just something happens and it's the men's fault that we married. So that is kind of like where I found my story. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I know nope, if I like that so much. I don't know how I feel about that. And I do not want that showing up in my own life. I am married to a man and I'm like, yeah, I don't want what happened or what my, you know, ancestors or my mom, or my grandma are telling me happened to them. I don't want to repeat that cycle. So I definitely try to work on that story accept, you know, what their stories and their relationship is with money and then not take ownership of it. Like recognize Mm -hmm. that I can have my own relationship to my money now and I do not have to repeat the same patterns just because that's
0: like what happens or what is told to me happens. So. And that's so powerful. I love that because so many people are taking their stories and repeating them instead of looking at it and saying like, you know, they didn't know any better this is what they were taught. And like each generation teaches the next unknowingly, right. And then absorb all of this, but then to realize, to be aware that this is not the best way to do it. Like there's a better way and always looking for ways to improve, you know, and our thoughts are our most powerful thing and understanding that. um, I don't like that. I don't like that. That this is the lineage. So let's break it. Yeah. Say we all grew up with not being taught about finances, like No one wants to talk about the final expense or like what assets they have. It's hush hush. You know, I remember early on in my (laughs) nine to five career, people would say, well, how much money do you make? And I'd be like, tell, I don't care. it's how much money I make. Apparently it was public information because I worked for the government (laughs) and uh, they were like, oh, you shouldn't tell people how much you make. I said, Mm -hmm. Why looks okay.
1: weird. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know what, what's gonna happen if they know is it gonna maybe it'll motivate them to go make more money or maybe that yeah. makes wage is more fair. So yeah. what's earliest' childhood memory when you received money yourself?
1: When I received money, I always kind of got money from like grandparents on my birthday and stuff. I will tell this story. I have my grandfather who passed away. He owned like a lot of land. I live in Louisiana, so he was kind of in a very rural part of Louisiana. And so when I was a child, he had cows and I had cows that he like gifted me or he was like, these are your, this is your mama cow. And she had two babies And he was like, you can name them. So I named them ice cream, sprinkles, and popsicle because I was like three or four years old. But I remember at some point when we had like moved somewhere else, he sent me a check and it was because he had sold the cows and he was like, they were your cows. So here's your money. And I don't think it was until I was like an adult that I realized they were probably sold for like beef maybe so yeah. I'm like okay but like I think that is my earliest memory of like receiving like a large sum of cash and it was for the cows that I had named my silly little childhood names
0: because I, <laughs> I was thinking that. they were like pets <laughs> yeah. and probably did go off you know it was time to, to be about f- food for someone else <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome so when you received that money what did you do with it
1: I can't remember to be quite honest. I think my parents put it into like their checking account maybe. And then I might've been able to go out and like buy something that I really wanted with it. So I can't remember specifically. I just remember like getting a check and being like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> What do I do
0: with this? <laughs> yeah.
1: And it wasn't like birthday money, which is like what I've always always been kind of used to like, oh, here's your card with like your birthday cash in it. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a great memory, having birthday cards with cash. I know a lot of people yeah. open cards and they're like, where's the cash? <laughs> or you <laughs> want to like...
1: That- open it, but you don't want to act like you're looking for where the cash or the check yeah. is. So yeah. you try to like read the card before looking <laughs> at the
0: check. <laughs> yeah. Having all those good old money stories. Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you first started working? I was 16 and I became a camp counselor
1: in the summer. I didn't want to work during the school year, but in the summer I was like, yeah, I would like to go make some money. The other option was babysitting my younger brothers. I didn't really want to be doing that. And so I like got on the camp bus every day and rode to camp and
0: I did camp counseling for a few years before I went to college. Beautiful. I, I like that. You knew you didn't want to hang out with the brothers during the day, but you'd God. want to hang out with a bunch of kids that you weren't related to.
1: Yeah. I just, I, my brothers drove me up a wall growing up, so. As much as I could get away from them, I was like, yeah.
0: (laughs) So when you began to work, did you do it just because you wanted to get out of the house and have something to do this summer or did you have to do it? Because like me, I had to take summer jobs to buy my own school clothes. Mm. So
1: my parents were always, I don't know about wealthy, but like we were always taken care of. We never had like scarcity when it came to housing or food or clothing or anything like that. But we also weren't going on like extravagant vacations and like, I didn't get everything that I asked for and that I wanted. So getting a summer job was like, yeah, let me get out of this house. I don't want to babysit my brothers anymore. And just wanted like some extra like play, like spend money basically to go like hang out with my friends, go get a slice of pizza, you know, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. So when did you fall in love with the bookkeeping aspect of your business? (laughs) So
1: funny enough, I... I do not have a degree in accounting. I have a degree in math and physics. I'm a big old nerd when it comes to sciences and I really enjoyed math and and I chose physics as like a secondary concentration because I just really enjoyed that too. But when I was a junior in college or like the year before I graduated, basically, I interned at a local CPA firm and it was a job that I found through like my colleges or universities job listings. Like they had just put that they wanted an accounting intern. I was like, that sounds interesting. And it's a good, it was a good paying job. It was like a small office. um, And so it was just extra cash and I got to learn something new. Well, I discovered that I actually really liked it. And not necessarily the taxes part, but like tracking people's bookkeeping and stuff. I was like, oh, this is like very interesting to me. And whenever it's a subject that I'm very interested in, I'm going to go all the way with that. (laughs) So I did a little internship during tax season. I came back to them the following year during tax season. And then I graduated and basically looked for an accounting job because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is what I want to do. At least for the time being, I'm interested in finance and numbers and data, basically. So I uh, went through a temp agency and got a job with an accounting firm. Okay.
0: So how did you emerge into what you're doing today? So what we
1: did over there basically was what I do now with the exception of taxes. I worked at that job for about seven years and we did small business bookkeeping, taxes for individuals and small businesses. And then I decided that I did not want to work for somebody else anymore. I was ready to become an entrepreneur and like take that scary leap into owning my own business, making my own kind of money that I want to make. And I started my business in May of 2022. So I just do bookkeeping services. I decided that the taxes, while lucrative during one part of the year, The sleepless nights are just not worth it. Working on the weekends, it is not worth it to me. I'm sorry. And that's what accounts will tell you. They'll be like, oh, but the paycheck in March and April is just so good. And I'm like, you can keep it. I do not. I want to have a life for those two months out of the year. Like, I don't need that.
0: (laughs) I have a lot of friends that are accountants and they will not do anything. Once that tax season opens, they will not do anything. They won't go away. They won't go anywhere. And they're like living, eating, breathing, yeah. tax returns. And yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because so many people think, oh, well, it's so wonderful and we'll do it, but it's not about the money. It's yeah, you know, you need we to enjoy that. I mean, and the tax laws are changing in the U S are changing all, all the time. time. And all the different write-offs and things like that, and mm-hmm. it's a very specific profession, especially if you get to be a CPA. I mean, a mm-hmm. whole other side of the coin. Just like when we look at, you know, the entrepreneurship, like you know, there's there's the marketing, there's the sales, there's the coaching or the consulting, and you know, yeah. there's the back end, and you know, every there's a there's a layer to everything that we do, and recognizing. Yeah what's your zone of genius and what can you do? So I love that you found like, yeah, I want to be a bookkeeper and I want to do this on my own. And I want to be my own boss, call, call in shots, do all of my own hours and, you know, pick my clients and then yes. call out, right? So that's yes. Cool. how did the transition go for you? Like, so when you left your nine to five, did you have a nest egg started? You know, how did you, what was it like to begin your business and what kind of um, investments did you make to start your business?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I think so many people feel this disillusionment about switching from working a job to being an entrepreneur or being a business owner. And for me, I think my experience tracked along with what I see other people going through, but I wanted it to be different the entire time. (laughs) And I did not have a nest egg. Like I had savings. My husband and I had savings. I had a lot of available credit on my personal credit. So I basically just started a business. I let some of my clients know like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I gave the option to them to come with me. Some of them did. I had plenty of people in my network that I could like leverage my network to get the word out, which is what I did. And I've been steadily growing my client base for the over the past year. But um, a lot of it was needing to pull from savings, needing to use my personal credit for all of my like personal expenses. So that kind of puts a lot of pressure on the business to support me whenever it's not ready. Like if you think of the lifetime of a business, you have the startup phase which is like its infancy and you would never ask an infant or a toddler to like support you, you know? <laughs> and that's what a lot of us end up doing with our businesses and I'll be honest I was doing it myself. And then I finally had to just say like, okay, I need some extra income and so you could do like a side hustle. I do delivery driving for like the apps to like just shovel some money into personal stuff so that my business has room to breathe right now because it is growing and I'm I'm feeling great about it, but I don't want to continue like squeezing it, squeezing right. every last drop out. So that like, I can survive. Like my husband has a job. He has a salary. Like we take care of ourselves. We're not in dire straits in any sense of the word, but just like the slightest bit of pressure makes me want to turn around and like talk to potential clients and be like, please hire me. And I don't want to come across that way. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I think that's like kind of a trap that some people fall into. And it's like, if you don't have a nest egg or if you're not independently wealthy or have some other source of income, or if you have a spouse that has an income, if you don't have these things, you end up really squeezing your business for all that it's worth. And this is something that my coach taught me. And I'm like, okay, finally, when I recognized that that's what I was doing, I was like, all right, I'm going to stop doing that because I don't want to treat my clients that way. I don't want to treat my business that way. And I need to give myself the room and the space to breathe and be creative in my business. And you can't create something when you're like gripping it very hard. So I think that that is something that if people are doing a side hustle that they want to fully launch into a business, that considering like where you're going to be in those startup stages, what kind of capital you have to support yourself otherwise and how much will you be relying on what's coming in from your business and really like being honest and owning that? Like, if that's what you need, maybe consider some other way that you can inject some capital into your life.
0: Yeah. And that's such a good point because everyone believes that, oh, I'm going to leave my nine to five. They don't have an exit plan and they go yeah. right into the business, and they think that they're going to do so well. And when I I retired from the social security administration after a 30 year career and worked with lots of people that were self-employed, you know, and had businesses and they didn't have an exit plan. They didn't, they didn't save for their future mm. and it frustrated me. So, and they didn't even pay enough of their taxes to cover them, to get them insured for social security benefits. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times most businesses fail in the first five years, Mm -hmm. either they grow too fast or there's no money management system in place. So They're taking all of their profit and putting it back into their business in the hopes that they can accelerate it. And I Mm -hmm. like the fact that you um, paralleled that to infancy, because, you know, if you think of a child and this was just, I just got off a call with a coach that I'm working with And she had explained it to me this way. Like you think about your business is brand new. Like what's your business's birthday? And if you think that as an infant, okay, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of growing in the first five years. I mean, the difference between an infant and a toddler, there's so much growth, right? And we want to accelerate that growth. So we do all these things, hoping that it accelerates it when sometimes we just have to sit back and like, okay, let's implement the right. Things, the right systems, you know, hire at the right time, you know, and create these money buckets so that we can grow. Once we do get to that stage where we know it's good, you know, and when we grow too much, when we expand too much, that's what happens. So, um, you know, realizing that. So I'm glad you you explained it that way. Mm -hmm. So, my my next question: (laughs) Tell me why is it so important for business owners to Hire a bookkeeper. What's this all about, this bookkeeping stuff? Yeah.
1: So, bookkeeping is as essential to your business as electricity is. I don't know any business that cannot operate with some sort of electricity. (laughs) Like, I guess if you're on like a farming co op or something and you, (laughs) whatever, but like, (laughs) that's the analogy that I make because it is so essential to have a system to track your numbers. And not only that, like we're not just talking about like, I'm going to categorize what happened when I went to Walmart to buy office supplies. I'm talking about like, that's the first step of tracking. The last step is stepping back and taking a look at your business from the bird's eye view by reviewing your financial reports. So Mm -hmm. in order to have financial reports to review, you have to do all these other things. Some of it is very tedious. I happen to enjoy that work, which is why this is what I do. But I understand that for some people, it is tedious and there is a knowledge gap that people don't see how they can cover without like going to getting a degree. So the work that I do with my clients is like, yes, I do done for you work for bookkeeping and accounting services, but I also make sure that they know what they're looking at when I send them reports every month. I want you to read your profit and loss, and I want you to see the language that you use in your business every day reflected on those reports so that it makes sense to you. Because there is no point to doing all of this besides filing our taxes each year unless we can look at our reports and really analyze the data and know what is happening in our business and be able to use that to make empowered business choices and decisions. So, like, that is my whole why. And it is so important for every business owner, not necessarily to know how to do their bookkeeping, but to have it done, whether it's somebody else doing it for you or you do it for yourself and that they look at it (laughs) and analyze it, ask questions of your accountant, ask questions of your bookkeeper, ask questions of yourself every month, like, Does this make sense to me? Is anything sticking out that just is like weird or unexpected? And what do I want to see? Maybe we're in July. So, I mean, the first half of the year flew by. What do I want to see for the second half of the year? How can I make some choices and strategize right now so that I actually see those results? So whether you're doing it yourself, whether somebody else is doing it for you, you should be doing that review Asking questions of yourself or your accountant to help you. That's what we're here for. At least that's what I'm here for. I love when my people ask me questions and respond to my questions, like, What was this thing? Hey, what about, did you buy a car? Like, (laughs) I need to know those things. Please send me that information. So, the communication part is crucial, but like doing the data entry can be tedious. So, I like to help people find a way to kind of get a little dopamine hit from stuff. Like, how can we hack your brain? to make you compelled and like compulsively going to like do this work on like a weekly basis? How can I get you to go in and categorize your stuff? Like what's that switch that we need to flip where you're like, just like you check your Facebook and Instagram notifications and you pull down to refresh the feed. What can we get you to do in your bookkeeping that gives you that like brain tick of like, I got to go do my bookkeeping. So
0: Helping like people kind of figure that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> we just date money. <laughs> we yeah. see the person we partner with it. And once a week we have a date and yeah. we sell all the things that we get to do. And, you know, I was a treasurer for many, many years for not-for-profits, for three not-for-profits. And, you know, I worked with QuickBooks, which oh, I don't like QuickBooks at all. <laughs> so unforgiving if you key in something and mm. those, those subscriptions really kill you with all those same numbers, right? You know, it's like, okay, where did I leave yeah. off? Um, yeah. but realizing to find a system that works for you, that isn't tedious, where it gets to be fun, mm-hmm. but then able to pass it off, you know, cause a solopreneur starting off their first year, will be able to do their own books, but as they grow, yeah. they acquire, especially if they have a lot of, um, multiple income streams coming in, especially with prescriptions and things like that. Subscriptions, not prescriptions. Subscri- right. Yeah are going to need somebody like you, an expert that loves to do it, you know, because I, I know there's certain jobs that I had had over the years um, working for Social Security Administration. You know, I did, you know, all kinds of j- different jobs and there were some that was like, I don't want to do this job. This is tedious. This is, <laughs> it's mundane. I need something yeah. exciting. um Do you use QuickBooks software or did you um, create your own Excel formulas? How do you how do you what systems do you use to help your clients? Keep their books. yeah. So it's so funny that you bring up QuickBooks,
1: especially after you were like, "I've been talking smack about accountants for a while." I <laughs> am um, a QuickBooks Online Advanced Pro advisor. It is the tool that I prefer to use. I have looked at Zero. I've had clients use Zero and like FreshBooks in the past. I haven't looked at them recently, but I really feel like, um, especially for solo QuickBooks Online is the tool that can be friendly for both accountants and business owners. Like when I talk about like making the brain hacks, like QuickBooks allows you to kind of like set up your menu options so that it's less visually cluttered. So um, I don't like using Excel spreadsheets for hardly anything. It just, it requires so much of like you putting in formulas, you doing calculations and we're all human and there's a huge margin for error. With QuickBooks Online, um, I decided to take their certification course. And then I did the advanced certification because part of my offer is training people on how to use their QuickBooks. So I do done for you bookkeeping. I also do training for people that do their own bookkeeping. So I'm like, yeah, let me show you my process. Let's clean up some of this stuff going on in QuickBooks because I know it can be very overwhelming to look at like all of the menu options, you're just like, oh my God, where do I go? (laughs) So like, I I like to narrow that down for folks. Let me show you a couple of things. Here's what I want you to do every week and every month. And like you said, if you're a solopreneur, your first year or two in business, your stuff is not that complicated. You Mm -hmm. can learn the skill to do it yourself. And like, I'm not going to gatekeep information. Like you can just, you can do it. And I, I will teach you how, like, So I'm glad you brought that up, but yeah, I do. I do prefer QuickBooks online, Um, but there are other accounting apps out there that, you know, will work fine as well. As long as you can automate things like import your bank transactions. And as long as you can reconcile and pull reports, if you've got those options, those are my big three. That's all you really need.
0: Yeah. And one of the reasons, I mean, we were, I mean, I started working with QuickBooks when it was just a desktop and uh, you know, if you put something in there and you try to get it out, no, the accounting, the accounting method system did not allow it. And I understood it, but when I ran the reports to, to present at meetings, I'd have to put little notes to explain yeah. it. Like, why don't you just delete it? I'm like, it's the software. It won't let you. It won't let you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, and, and the, the people didn't understand that. The members were like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I'm not an accountant. I'm the treasurer. I put <laughs> the information in. I'm a human. If I make a mistake you know, I can't delete it. It doesn't allow me to. And I think that was the reason why I didn't really enjoy it. So yeah, in my own business, I'm like, I'm not going to use QuickBooks. I just learned about zero. I didn't even know mm. that it existed. Um, and I'm not a techie person. So I'm always mm. looking for new ways. And it'd be awesome to have like, we tr- we tr- got right before I left being a treasurer. We are getting, I told them I go, whoever takes my place, please make them sit down with a certified QuickBooks person so they can figure this out because it makes their job so much easier. When I was trained on it back in 2014, they Mm -hmm. told me to um, because we were doing it manually before then. We were doing it on Excel. And I'm like, no, we can use QuickBooks. That's fine. I'll learn how to do it. And so they told me make two copies and then you know, play with the one and then transfer it over. I'm like who has time to do that? I yeah. don't efficient and time is money. So yeah. let's make this more efficient. And yeah, so I'm so glad that you're utilizing that and that you stepped up and, and, and offered that because so many entrepreneurs, especially the ones that want to keep it under the bay, or even hire a team member, um, they'd be able to do that as well. But it is really important to hire a bookkeeper and, or yeah. an some people have a book, but if you have, you know, you have a large group of employees, you know, you have a team built out, your focus as the entrepreneur is going to want to bring in the the clients, make the money, do the mark, you know, yeah, those things, not worry about like, you know, here's my receipts, take care of them. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that that's definitely needed as the business grows and and some people want to start it just from the beginning because they want their team in place as they grow and they have great, you know ambition for whatever it is they're going to do. So I love that. When you sure. think about running numbers for other people, when it comes to running numbers in your own business, how is it do you treat yourself the same exact way as you treat your clients? <laughs> I try to.
1: So when I'm looking at other people's money, I can like create that separation. And I, I do not judge folks for how they spend money. It's just numbers to me. It doesn't matter what the number is. It doesn't have like a, I mean, it has technically a value, but like it doesn't have like a moral value. So I'm not like you're bad with money or you're good with money or this person does it the right way. I don't think about it like that. It's just analysis. I'm just telling you like, this is an area that I want to draw your attention to. I noticed these things um, or maybe we could be tracking this a better way. So I try to treat my business numbers the same way. I'm like, yeah, I can make recommendations and suggestions to other people all the time. I tell folks, I don't tell you what to do with your money. I just kind of give you insight into what I see. And I try to do the same for myself And like I was saying before, having another source of capital or income for yourself so that you're not putting the pressure on your business will help give you that separation as well. That will help you kind of step back and not be so attached to the numbers. Because when we're developing like an emotional attachment and you talk about like dating money, having a relationship with money, like we don't, none of us want to be like uh, anxiously attached to other people, right? Like we don't want to be dependent on other people to like, be okay with us or to like us in order to feel okay about ourselves the same is true for money like I don't want to be like codependent with money you know um, we live in this society and this uh, economy where you have to have money to like have housing and food and healthcare and all of that yes that is the truth of course but We need to be able to create safety and security and like feeling okay about ourselves, apart from growing a business and being an entrepreneur and running a business, because we don't want to wind up attached emotionally to what happens with the money. Like if there's a little fluctuation, which there are, and there are you know valleys and hills that you go through on your business journey, it is a lifetime process of the business's lifetime. It is an entire like well, hopefully many years. And you can't be so attached to like the minutia and the details that happen on day-to-day, week-to-week. We need to be able to step back, have that separation, look at our reports on, you know, year-to-date. I want to see comparison reports. How much better am I doing this year than I did last year? You know? So having that separation, being able to dis to like unattach from the emotions that you feel about, like, I want people to pay me money because that validates me. That means I'm good at what I do that people want to pay me money to I'm like creating valuable work in the world that helps people. And is like a resource. So like it's a spectrum, but I see that as like shifting away from the attachment to how can I show up and like actually help people be resourceful, you know, grow my small business community. Like I'm a small business owner too. And I'm a business-to-business service provider. Like, I want you to do well. I want you to be successful. So how do I show up in my business to help you be successful? By not being attached to the numbers and what's
0: going on with my money. Right. And that's so important. I mean, anytime we attach to anything, it can be like a smothering type of relationship. Yeah. Smothering is a good word. <laughs> you know, and you, you, you want to have a balance. You want your money to work smart for you. Yes. You don't have to work hard for your money. And a lot of yeah. entrepreneurs believe that, oh, if I hustle and grind, I work really hard. That's what's going to produce numbers. No, paying attention to those numbers is what's going to help you grow. Because if you have no idea what's going on in the the business with the business income and you're not properly allocating your funds, there's no way it's gonna grow. So a lot of entrepreneurs will receive all this income. They have no idea where it came from. They're just so excited that it came that they'll pour all of it back into their business, not cutting a check for themselves, not saving for their taxes. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't, their money, what I like to call their money buckets, also referred Mm -hmm. to money envelope system. But mm-hmm. thinking about that, you know, and when we can put it in a perspective of if you were dating and you were building a relationship or a friendship or even nurturing, you know, a relationship with a relative, when you spend time with them, when you pay attention, that relationship deepens and then you have yeah. a understanding and you know where that person's at. You know, you, there's everyone has layers. It's the same thing with our money. Like when we pay attention to it, we get to see how wonderful the wonderful things that we're doing with it. And you know, my favorite book is The Richest Man in Babylon. If you haven't read it, you need to go read it. I talk about it a lot. But the concept in this book is so simple. Saving 10% of any income that you have so that you can invest it and you can watch it grow. Mm-hmm. You always have money. And when you allocate, like I have the money multiplier system, which is saving 10%, inv- uh, giving away 10% and having fun with 10%. And when you can do that with your personal money, it's like I get to enjoy all the things I do, and what I I love what I'm doing. And so, when you have a heart like you, we're all gifted with these beautiful talents and gifts to do this wonderful service or offer these different things and these modalities that we're offering to people as entrepreneurs. Then we get to create that reciprocal energy of money and you know, and that's where the numbers are fun and we get to have fun with our finances, but it all begins with tracking. So yes, you know, um, Reagan has a very good point about tracking, whether you use Excel or QuickBooks or, you know, zero or whatever program software program you have, maybe you've invented your own. I know I've been playing around with a lot of different apps for budgeting mm. and like that, but it has to make sense to you in order for it to work because mm-hmm. if it becomes work. It's like, eh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to shy away from that. I'm going to put that off until later because you get that anxiety like, oh, this yeah. is too hard. but saying yeah. to yourself, this is easy. I get to do this. It's fun. Yes. So Reagan, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah. You
1: can come find me on socials. I'm on Facebook at all ease accounting. That's the name of my business. And I'm on Instagram at all ease accounting as well. I have a weekly podcast money through ease, which is available on all the audio podcast platforms, I don't put it on YouTube yet. I'm playing around with that idea, but um, yeah, I put out tips and you know information and encouraging people to have a better money mindset, especially if they're a small business owner. So that's every week, money through ease. And yeah, you can just come find me, get on my email list.
0: Awesome. Let's be yeah. let's be in conversation together. We'll put those links in the show notes for our guest that are listening for our listeners who are tuning in whether it's on the youtube or the podcast of your choice what words of wisdom would you offer a entrepreneur who doesn't have a bookkeeper
1: yeah so i think uh you mentioned in your email talking about how to get people to six or seven figure years or months and the important part all every step of the way every single dollar that you make is having a system to track it and so having a system that works for you, that you're in tune with, that is exciting and fun for you to participate in. That's how you get to making the big bucks. If you're not
0: tracking it, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking my language. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy with us. Really appreciate that. And For those of you listening, be sure to give the show some love, give us a five-star rating and review, tune in to Reagan's podcast, Money With Ease, go check her out on the social medias and the link, and be sure to share this with anyone you know who needs to listen, especially if you want training on QuickBooks, you know, it probably could be a great system if you knew how to run it, right? And don't make (laughs) mistakes (laughs) because it's unforgiving. Just know you need a note for that. But remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We hope you always get the date you are.